So maybe, perhaps, at some point in your life, just one occasion, maybe you've been bored in church. I can't say for sure. It's possible it happens. The Gospels were written to provoke a response in us. And the more we know about them, the less and less our response to them can be boredom. But we don't know a lot about them often. Uh, we just may not have that much knowledge. And what happens um, is that when we come and we gather on Sundays, there are a lot of scriptures and they're really rich and we can't talk about them all. And so then we go away still maybe not knowing that much. When I was in seminary, our scripture professors had a rule. We, each scripture class we took, we'd have to write a paper at the end of the semester. And it would be a 10-page paper. And the general rule was, there is so much detail, background, so much going on in one verse of scripture, that if you're going to write a 10-page paper on a part of scripture, you're allowed to pick one verse. If you want to write more than, about more than one verse, then you have to write more than 10 pages, and your professor does not want to read more than 10 pages. But there's that much going on, and we have dozens, sometimes 75 or 100 verses of scripture that we're reading on a Sunday. So if it's all right, with your permission, what I'd like to do is preach on all 100, no, I'm just kidding, uh, go through the gospel, just kind of line by line. Uh, because often I only get to preach on one or two lines, um, but there really is there's so much going on here. So what do we hear? How does this start? As Jesus and his disciples and a large crowd are leaving Jericho, Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the roadside. So what do we know about this man, Bartimaeus? So he has a Jewish name, so he's a Jewish man, uh, and he's a blind beggar. So at this point, in the first century, if you're blind, there's no social service system to provide you with an income. So if you're blind, it means you can't work. If you can't work, it means you have the money. So if you're blind, you have to beg. This is how Bartimaeus survives. So we know that much this When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout out and say, Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. And then what happens? How do people reply to that? Remember what happens? They tell him to be quiet. Yeah. We're all crying out in different ways. There are all these different kinds of human behaviors that are some form of the human heart crying out for love. It can be a lot of disordered behavior. So many of our sins are our looking for God, just in some place where He is not but we're crying out for that love. So many different kinds of relationships, good ones and bad ones, and people crying out for love. Addictions are like this. For so many people, anxiety or depression is this kind of cry of the heart looking for a resolution to our desire for love. People are crying out. We're crying out. And has it ever happened to you that you're crying out and then people come along and silence it? It happens to us, and sometimes we do it to other people. But what's the right response if you're crying out, if you're looking for the Lord, if you have faith in Him, and somebody comes and comes along and tells you to shut up? Is the right response to shut up? No. But He cried out even more loudly. 
Son of David, have mercy on me. At the beginning of the Mass, often we say these words, Lord, have mercy. And they're words that in the liturgy, where we can say in our own language, in English, we didn't say them in English, we'd say them in the original language, in Greek. And if we did that, we'd say, Kyrie eleison, if you've heard those words before in the liturgy. Kyrie eleison. And that's actually the word that Bartimaeus uses here. He says, eleison me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Forgive me and heal me. And I imagine, as this scene plays out in my head, that it's a scene that gets louder and louder as, it, as it's happening. Jesus is leaving uh, a big city, a city that doesn't have a good reputation. He has his disciples with him, and it's a sizable crowd. So it's already loud. And then there are these loud people walking outside of the city, walking down the street, and there's a guy yelling, who keeps yelling, and it seems getting louder and louder as he's yelling. So it's kind of just like a Saturday morning in Lake George. And then I imagine everything just getting still for a moment. Jesus stood still and said, call him. In the eye of the hurricane, there was quiet for just a moment. And Jesus is this still point. And then everybody starts to rush. All these people who a minute ago were telling Bartimaeus to be quiet suddenly start saying, they get up, they call the blind man, they say to him, take heart, get up, Jesus is calling you. Do you believe that Jesus is calling you? Do you believe that Jesus cares enough about you that he looks at you exactly as you are and asks what he asks of our males. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asks us this. Not because he needs to know. He needs that he knows everything. But he needs to provoke in us an awareness of what our desires are. So that we can recognize them and also sometimes because they need to be purified. What do you want me to do for you? And in this instance, Jesus does what Bartimaeus desires. Jesus heals him of his blindness. And you can imagine for somebody like Bartimaeus, he suddenly has all of these options open to him that were not open to him before. He's been blind, so he's been unemployed, so he hasn't been able to earn any money, and now he can see. He can earn money, and what might he want to do? He has money now. He can earn it. He wants to go see the world. He's never seen it before. Wouldn't you want to go see the world if you were seeing this all for the first time? But he doesn't do that, actually. Jesus even tells him he can go, and Bartimaeus doesn't go. It says immediately, he followed him on the way. We can use our freedom for all sorts of things. Sure, but what's our freedom really for? Is it for getting what we want? Is it for having as many experiences as possible? No. Our freedom is for choosing him and for letting him permeate our lives more and more. That's what our freedom is really for. 
who healed so many bodies, decided that to draw our attention to him, he would give us his own body. So that when we come to the Eucharist and receive him in the Mass, he asks us, what do you want me to do for you? 